Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. You're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, it is Monday, December 27th. I didn't even believe my phone when I looked down. Rolling right through the month of December. If you're watching on YouTube, of course, we do live after all primetime games. No more Thursday now. Was that the last Monday breach or do we have one more? It was not the last Monday because ah. we have uh, the Ben Roethlisberger retirement tour next Monday. We are here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We, uh, that's right. Uh, ben, oh, boy. That'll be a juicy one. You're going uh, yeah. to want to subscribe and get alerts so you can come join us as Breach dances on Wilson's Big Ben grave. Or we see Wilson shed 30 minutes of tears uh, as he sobs over Big Ben's, <laughs> Big Ben's career and, and the two Super Bowl Bag, wins. Ben. <laughs> Bag Ben. <laughs> And uh, and by the way, uh, this is also I believe it's the uh, the Josh Josh Leggett re- revenge tours tonight because Josh has been in the chat telling me the Dolphins would win for two days. Dolphins won. We'll get to that game in a minute. If you're listening to the podcast, it is probably Tuesday, December twenty eighth, and uh, you know hit that five star review uh, or five star rating on Spotify. They just added ratings. If you're listening on Spotify, help us out and throw that five star rating on there we greatly appreciate it we're going to get to the game in a minute so don't get don't get all big mad that we're not talking about what is a a 20 to 3 dolphins win over the saints that probably goes down as a loss top 10 worst prime top five worst primetime game you've ever watched ever or this year well (laughs) ever I mean, right. If you consider the fact that 25 people are out for the Saints, it was pretty good watching a bunch of fans that won tickets to play a football game tonight. They didn't do as bad as I thought they'd do for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Wilson. It could have been uglier, Brinson. I mean, they had people playing left tackle that literally were signed two days ago to the practice squad and immediately elevated to the active roster. They had dudes that Their backup played. quarterback was Blake Bortles. <laughs> so you got, uh, am I, am I right? was it, or maybe that game was in the preseason. I'm trying to think. There was a Titans-Jets game. That was one of the, I just remember just on a Monday night football and maybe it was like 2015 or something like that. It was either 2016 or 2015. God, it was so bad. I, I don't think that was up there. It was like, oh, it was 30 to eight jets one. Maybe is that it? 2015. Wait, anyway, are you talking, you're going back. I don't even think you have to go past this season to find. You got one for week 15. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, there's, there's been a couple that have been absolute duds. I, I don't even think this is my bottom three. I'll be honest. I mean, uh, last night, Dallas 56 to 14 over Washington. That was at least fun. I, I'd much yeah. rather see a, I, I like a bunch of scores. Here's I'd much rather see a beat down than like a. Right. The fun fact from that Washington game breach. Yeah. Football team had seven punts. Cowboys had eight touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is that I feel like the Saints have been in some of the worst primetime games of the year as far as watchability. Uh, you know, I feel like everybody enjoyed hate watching and watching Tom Brady get shut out. But if you take out the Tom Brady factor, that nine, nothing game was not that great of a game. The Thanksgiving game against the bills was one of the worst primetime games of the year. That was 31 to six. At least this one was closer longer. So maybe let's just keep the saints at a prime time until they find a new quarterback. Cause that's at least three games that were almost unbearable to watch. Some folks uh, in the in the comments are talking about the Bills Pats. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I like weird circumstances like that. Yeah, seven hundred mile hour winds, yeah. half hurricane, half tornado. I'm all about watching game I, that weather. It, it wasn't great football. I mean, people talk about great defense and all that. I mean, yeah, but you saw a team run it 47 times. I mean, that's always fun. I, I, I agree with Princeton that weird things are fun. Yeah, you guys, all right, well, uh, our our producer Devo, maybe you've heard of him. By the way, smash that like button. Uh, I don't know if we're Oh, and we will be live after primetime games, too. So that's going to be fun. I mean, primetime games. After playoff games. So that will be exciting. 
to recap the playoff games after they happen. My agent said that I don't have to do those. So this is my, this is my season finale. <laughs> Actually, I talked to your wife. She said you could do it. <laughs> oh! I muted my, my, uh, turned down. Muted yourself. Um, so the dolphins are now, if the season ended at this very moment, if Thanos snapped his fingers, spoiler alert, sorry, Wilson. And the season ended right now. The Dolphins would be the seventh seed in the AFC. They just they just ripped off their first seven game winning streak since 1985. Dan Marino, of course, in in uh, in New Orleans for this game, he was involved in that. And they are eight and seven after a one and seven start. Debo is licking his friggin' chops for a wow. top five pick from the oh. Dolphins just seven weeks ago, and now now there's a chance you get the 32nd pick, Debo. <laughs> um, I mean, technically, the uh, look. I don't. I don't know what to make. Baltimore is now out. The Chargers were already out. Was Baltimore the eighth seed? I was trying to figure. That, are the seventh seed coming into the night? Yes. yes. Oh, they were. Good lord, I'd already written them off. Okay. I was trying to figure out who dropped out. Baltimore. Baltimore dropped out because they're crappy record against AFC teams. So the thirteen seed Denver, and there's only two weeks left. So there's you know. Take this for what it's worth. But the 13th seed Denver is separated by just two games for the three seed Cincinnati. You know, you can't, you're not going to pull off a, you know, you're not going to get the a chain of events that unfolds so much so that you go from seven and eight to end the playoffs more than likely. But this is a massive game for playoff implications. Miami's uh, playoff chances only went up 5% according to our sportsline.com simulations. I'm sure that I will be accused of being an anti-Dolphins uh, or Dolphins hater by pointing that out. I'm just You called them frauds. I don't think that tonight necessarily changes that opinion, but that's okay. They've won seven games in a row. That's the first team to go one and seven and then went or just to lose seven straight or whatever and then turn around and, and win seven in a row. The first team to have a seven game winning streak and a seven game losing streak in the same season. Yeah, there it is. There we go, Wilson. Which and that is- team has never made the playoffs. Until this year, the Saints saw their playoff chances go from forty point two percent down to thirty point seven percent. So it's pretty crazy. the The Saints actually have a, a better chance of, of making the playoffs. Well, let me ask you this: Who do you well, think is more likely to? Well, make we'll the get playoffs? to the NFC in a second, then we can answer that question. But we well, can answer it. It's a pretty simple question. Yes or no? We can move on. I mean, I would, yeah, exactly. That's my point. All right, go ahead. Keep really? going. <laughs> yeah, no one thinks the Saints. Oh my God! You think? You think Did you see Ian Book? They have no chance. <laughs> He's not playing this week. Read the book, Brinson. <laughs> you read the wrong book. All right. What do, want- what do you want to talk about that you couldn't answer one word? Give me one word answer to that question. Jeez, Louise, so hostile. <laughs> uh, by the way, Miami. The one knock on them in terms of their resume with the teams above them doesn't matter quite as much as the teams below them is that conference record. They do have a better conference record than Baltimore. Uh, same conference record as the Chargers. So, I mean, they're in good shape in terms of keeping the, the teams below them at bay. Well, then not, why are they only 19% then? Because of their remaining schedule. Yes. Because our simulation doesn't think they have a chance of going 2-0. Probably not even 1-1 because they close in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans. And then they turn around and play the New England Patriots. In well, the final week, of they the don't have a good chance of keeping the teams behind them at bay. That's why I was asking that question. Well, I mean, if they win one of those, then the other teams have to go two and zero, and that's not a guarantee. So it's not, you know, the Ravens have two tough games with uh, the Rams and the Steelers. So, oh please, and, and look, let me clarify. Let me let me clarify. The, the, when I say the Dolphins are a fraud, I don't mean that the Dolphins are a bottom five football team. What I mean is the Dolphins have ripped off wins against a pretty easy schedule, and that. I am not entirely convinced that if their offense goes up against a, I don't, I don't think they can score a bunch of points against a good defense. Their defense is playing really well. Their I mean, defense playing, is well, very good. Listen, they don't score a bunch of points against anyone. Their offense only scored thirteen points in this game. <laughs> like, right. That's. I mean, that's sort of my point. But look, they they won the game easily and handily. Don't. But don't let me help you make your point, Brinson. You're saying that this team has won seven straight games. They have beat Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco. Uh, a combination of Cam Newton and PJ Walker, Mike Glennon, your boy Brenton, Zach Wilson, uh, Ian Book, and then of course you throw in Lamar Jackson. He's the one outlier, the good quarterback that he is that, that they've beaten. But besides that, you know, this is you would hope that most teams would win 
these games. These these are games you have to win if you're going to make the playoffs. I hosted the uh, the pregame show the leading up to the game on uh, CBS Sports HQ. Charles Davis came on, and he made the point because you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, what's what's going on in this winning streak? And his number one argument was leadership and Brian Flores. And he noted that, you know, you can say that they haven't played anybody, but we just saw the Chargers lose to the Texans. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. You know, the, the Titans lost to the Jets and the Texans. There's myriad examples of good team. The, the Cardinals lost to the Lions. You can say, oh, that's a free win, but I'm just not sure that that exists in the NFL. I mean, the question is, when we're talking about the Dolphins, are we talking about them as a like a, a contender to get to the playoffs or a contender to make noise in the playoffs. And I understand anyone can win once you get in, but you know, I think there's a well, difference. Here's the thing. I I'm not crapping on the notion that this team has won seven games in a row. I, I mean, breach uh, right off the list of quarterbacks that they beat. Well, there are good teams that didn't beat those quarterbacks, including sure. the Titans, including the Bengals. Uh, who are the other teams that lost a good teams breach? Oh, the freaking bills. I mean, that should be they should be kicked out of the league if they scored six points against the Jaguars team led by Urban Meyer. But I mean, here's how the Dolphins can clinch a playoff berth by winning out. Well, Brenton, I think the most the thing that sums up uh, how crazy the AFC playoffs are right now because you mentioned Denver is only two games behind the Bengals and that separates the 13 seed and the three seed, which is crazy. But I think another thing that sums it up is that the 10th seed in the AFC controls its own fate. That is the Raiders. If the Raiders win out, they're in the playoffs. You don't, you almost never see that with a 10 seed that they can control anything, but usually they need like seven other things to happen or they need someone to lose or they need this to happen or that to happen. The Raiders don't need any of it. If the Raiders win their last two games, they're in the playoffs. And that those two games are against the Colts and Chargers. So two teams. Would you rather them. be the Raiders or the Dolphins? I think if I had to bet money on either the Dolphins winning out or the Raiders winning out, yeah, and, and I didn't have a choice. I have to bet on one of them. I think I would probably take the Raiders. Really? I, right. I just think that the Colts have a bunch of COVID issues, and so that feels like, you know, I don't think the Raiders are going to win, but it just, the door is slightly open. Uh, and then the All Chargers right. is a team they've played, you know, it's a divisional rival and they played well against. So you're saying basically you take the Raiders uh, among all the eight and seven teams, Miami, Baltimore, LA, Chargers, and Vegas? No, you're asking oh. me, who I thought has a better chance of winning out out of those two teams. Yeah, but if you're saying Vegas is going to be the Chargers next week or whenever they play, then that I can't imagine. And you said, you know, three weeks ago, the Baltimore is going to miss the playoffs. So, well, no, you, because I don't think the Raiders are going to beat the Colts, and that could change like what games have meaning in week 18. And all right. So, among in my Miami, line of thinking, Miami and Vegas, you're taking Vegas. Among Miami, Baltimore, Chargers, and Vegas, who are you taking? All the eight and seven teams as we sit here. Only one. Life's on the line. Probably the Chargers. Okay. Even so, though even though they're going to lose to the Raiders potentially. Well, I think they're going to beat the Broncos, and if the if the Raiders lose, then the Raiders will probably just be playing a spoiler role in Week 18, and the Chargers will be in a spot where if they win, they're in, and so that changes the dynamic of that game. Uh, but if the Raiders beat the Colts and the Chargers beat the Broncos, and all of a sudden that's a playoff spot on the line in Week 18, that changes the dynamic of the game. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. So I just ran. I just ran through very quickly. What I wanted to playoff see machine. was, yeah, the, the playoff machine on ESPN. What I wanted to see was, is there a path? And there is, where the wild cards in the AFC are the Raiders, Colts, and Dolphins. Which, if you told somebody that, and the Raiders could get to the five seed, if you told somebody that a few weeks ago, you they would have called you crazy. Essentially, Raiders, Colts, Dolphins. Oh, you said. Yeah, that would be pretty insane. If the Raiders yeah. were the five seed, Colts were six, and Miami were seven, all three, 10 and seven. So let's say that the Raiders beat the Colts, and that's how you get the Raiders above the Colts as the five seed. The Pats beat the, this is week 17, of course. The Pats beat the Jaguars, and the Dolphins beat the Titans. Okay? And then I just went through and picked random teams for every other game, just kind of slapped something up there. Then in week 18, the Colts beat the Jaguars, which seems pretty reasonable and the uh raiders beat the chargers at home which is not outrageous at all right but he just talked about it moments ago yeah i think it's outrageous, too, at all. Too outrageous it could potentially set up a situation where the dolphins and patriots are playing for it's like the loser is literally out of the playoffs 
And we yeah. don't know what, you know, we don't know what exactly time these games will be. They'll be shifted around and all that. Presumably the Raiders and Chargers and uh Dolphins and Pats game would be at the same time. Same thing for the 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 Colts because of the implications. But I mean, that's pretty insane that that could all shake out. That's not even an, an implausible situation. The game is in Miami. We've seen the Patriots lose that a ton. Hmm. And it's not insane to think like, I just, they've lost two in a row. It, you know, they've got some issues right now. They've got to work through. Well, the funny thing is you're, you're actually only replacing new England with Las Vegas in that, that scenario in terms of the teams that are in the playoffs. Right. Well, I'm just saying that the simulation I just ran through. And then when I clicked everything else, it has Kansas city is the one Tennessee is the two Buffalo is the three Cleveland is the four. Cause I gave them. Yeah, Where are the Bengals? Why would you have to do they, that, Brenton? They lost to the they. I had the Bengals oh. losing. Oh, you hate to the Chiefs team. and then oh. losing to the Browns, and they just missed the playoffs. Oh, what? That is terrible. I hope that doesn't happen. Breach. No, you don't. <laughs> we know you don't hope that. I at think all. I, I probably missed something in here to screw up the stuff, but whatever. Well, um, well, you, you Bengals, know what's right? crazy is that the way the AFC is set up. You could have the AFC North winner, whether it's the Bengals, Ravens, or Browns, finish nine and eight, nine and, eight and then have, I think, all two. three. All three wild, no, you can have all three wild No, no, no. You can have two 10 and seven teams miss the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that is correct, I think. And yeah. by the way, if the Steelers, if the Steelers win out and the Bengals lose out, the Steelers win the AFC North. Oh, that's what I was trying to tell you last night. And you just weren't listening because you thought I was gloating. And I said secretly, I've been watching the Bengals for my whole life, and then there is nothing more likely now than them losing the Chiefs and then losing in Week 18 and not getting in the playoffs. I don't even want to think about it now. See where you got my head going, Wilson? This is what you're doing. You're you ever think, Breach, that maybe you're the problem ever since you've been born, the, the, the Bengals have been cursed? I mean, their playoff losing streak started on my birthday in 1991, so it's definitely and a possible theory. There you have it. Definitely a possible theory against hit, the Raiders. Hit that like button. I mean, these, this is it really the AFC is just absolutely fascinating. It's fun. And, yeah. I mean, in terms of where you could go, the, you know, the, and by so the, the way, we, I, I prefer the AFC version over the AFC, uh, NFC version in that if, uh, like Breach mentioned, uh, some 10 and seven teams don't make the playoffs, that sinks for them. But at least we're not getting some six win teams in the playoffs because you don't have any choice of who's left over. It stinks when you're a 10 and 17 that misses the playoffs when yeah. a nine and eight team got it. That's the stinky part. Yeah. And we can have that conversation for sure, but at least you're not getting terrible football teams in that just because you're running out of, you have extra slots with not enough teams. I, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with it. If a 10 and 17 misses and a nine and eight team wins the division and gets in again, we've talked about how hard the schedules were for the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers to close out the season. It's not like, you know, they were just a bad football team. They had really tough schedules. And I'm okay with a team winning a division with a worse record than a team that doesn't make it who finished second in their division. Now, I don't like a 10-win team not making it and then a 7-win team winning the division and getting in. That, that's that's a different You mean like the NFC East in like three of the past eight years? Yes, correct. Yeah. Or the NFC South when the Panthers went like 5-11. Or, yeah, 7-8-1 and one got seven, in one year. 7-9 and nine got in with the Seahawks one year. All right. Hit that like button. And we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the NFC playoff race and maybe even mention this Dolphins-Saints uh, game that happened on Monday night. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I, <laughs> you know what, Paramount, you know what's awesome? Paramount Plus. Did I mention that? Uh, podcast listeners wouldn't have seen the advertisement that just ran on the YouTube channel, but it was for the Reno 911 special, which got Ryan Wilson feeling pretty frisky. Indeed. Okay, you didn't want to talk about it. Cool. Ryan loves Reno 911. You know what I watched on Paramount Plus with my 20 month old daughter? The search for QAnon? Reno 911 movie? Uh, she doesn't understand that, but we did watch it. It's a search for PAnon, but yes. Really? Because yeah. she pees her pants all the time, so it makes sense. <laughs> what would you watch? Uh, well, I'm not telling you now. Now you just get to hang out in suspense and never know. 
Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, how was that? It was okay. You know, with kids' movies, you never know. You're just going to sit there and be totally bored. It was enough that, like, I didn't want to shut it off. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're a parent watching a kid's movie, you just want to either be able to sit there in peace or fall asleep and not have your kid poke (laughs) you and wake you up. Right. (laughs) So either they need to be entertained or you have to be, like, 1% entertained. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, two Good thumbs work. up for Clifford the Red Dog, John Breach. Okay, two paws let's, up. Let's get to the <laughs> Paramount Plus is a it's it's awesome. It's a mountain of entertainment. Let's get to the NFC playoff race as we discussed on Sunday night's recap show. Of course, five teams have clinched a playoff spot. The loss by the by the Saints on Monday night moves them down to the ten seed behind. Well, tied with, but technically behind the Vikings, and somehow, I don't know, the still alive Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> if Atlanta sneaks in the playoffs, then then that then I have a problem with the playoff system. The um, Atlanta should be the Bengals or the Lions or the Jags because they're a cat team. They have nine lives. Like you, just every time you think they're dead, boom, they're back for more. And we keep talking about them every week, and we keep making the same chuckle that Brinson just made, like. <laughs> How are they still alive? You don't even believe what you're reading. That's how improbable it is. Yet here we are with the Falcons still alive. Oh, a quick update, by the way. Oh, boy. It's a good update. Debo says the hats have been shipped. Oh, what? thank goodness. The Brinson sucks hats have been shipped. Smash a like button if you love Debo taking care of biz. Good job, Debo. Yeah, I sent out about a dozen today, and the guy at FedEx was really disappointed to see me walk up with with 12 packages that said, it's like, what's what's in these? I was just like, oh, Brinson socks hats? He's like, oh, of course. Um, He was wearing one, oddly enough. Yeah. Can I have one? Uh, 12 have been sent out. We have three regular caps and 10 beanies remaining so there's still more hat giveaways to come i hope you said josh leggett a beanie to the cayman Isles, make him wear a freaking knit that knit hat enjoy the dolphins down there buddy uh, all right uh, i got a quick question about the falcons don't look at the uh too far on the right side of the screen i don't know if it's on there or not but is it the gonna, conference record i'm no no i'm gonna give you a number okay minus 85 falcons point differential above over under Minus 85. It's such difference. a hugely low number that I feel like it's clear. Is it low? Well, is over over is closer to zero. Under is. So I'll give you some. I'll get, I'm going to say it's closer to negative 100 than it is to zero. Okay. No, 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 no. Which one is over? Which one's under? Because technically. So Panthers is minus 68. That's. No, I'm under. saying what is over and what is yeah, under. Under is closer to zero. Oh, see, I would have gone the other way. Um, yeah, well, I will say point. over. I will say over. All right. So, Breach, you said over as well? Yeah. And point of reference, Carolina Panthers minus 68 this year. Detroit Lions minus 127. Atlanta Falcons minus 122. One minus one. That is unbelievable. And that might be, that is second in the conference behind the, the aforementioned Falcons. Uh, excuse me, the Lions. Well, it's behind it's, the Jets, Houston, and Jacksonville as well. Yeah, and they have some astronomical numbers. Those three teams. Minus 179. Sweet mercy. But anyway, the point is that the fact, well, those three teams we just talked about stink. The Falcons somehow have seven wins, which is, again, mind boggling. Uh, you know, what's funny is that uh, Ty Schalter over at 538 actually wrote something called, Are the Falcons the best bad team ever? And it was looking at any team since the merger in 1970 that had a point differential of negative 100 or. Higher, you know, 101, 102. I don't know what we saw there. And then uh, there literally have only been four other teams uh, since the merger that have pulled this off, winning at least seven games with that point differential. It is the 2011 Chiefs, 2018 Dolphins, 2006 49ers, 1995 Rams, and the 2021 Falcons. Read that list again. Sorry, hold on. 95 Rams. I'm just trying to think of these teams. 95 Rams. 95 Rams. Who else? Uh, the 2006 49ers. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So. 2011 Chiefs. Ha! Oh, that was the Todd Haley, Jamal Charles, uh, Matt Castle team. Right. They had the e- Remember Matt Castle made the Pro Bowl? They had the easiest schedule on the planet 
And and then they went to did they get blasted in the playoffs? Or they no, they almost held the, they almost beat the Ravens in the playoffs. Right? Am I misremembering that? I don't know. So as so I'm looking through the uh Falcon schedule and it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, of their seven wins, how many do you, you think? How many wins? Uh, how many of those wins? Excuse me, were more than one score of the seven wins? Well, I'm guessing not many since their point differential is so crappy. Well, I need uh, another. It's more. It's more than one. I think it's three, and they're against really bad teams. Well, what do you want to say, Breach? Uh, I'll say two. Uh, the correct answer is zero. <laughs> oh wow! They won one game by eight points. The rest were w- well below that. And uh, you can see their losses here all blowouts. <laughs> like they're losing. But look at the teams they beat: the Giants. The Jets, the Dol- the Dolphins are technically a good win now. Yeah, watch yourself. Saints, a worse win now. The Jaguars, the Panthers, and the Lions. Just, I mean, they, they have two two-win games, uh, at least two three-win games as I'm going through this fast, and then just getting absolutely demolished when they don't win the football game. Yeah. When they play a good team, they get thrashed. That's, so, what That's why I bet on the Bills this weekend. Should be pretty interesting against Buffalo. No, it should be not interesting. It's going to yeah, be. It's gonna, I, as it's someone in the comments mentioned, the point differential will be one, minus 150 by Sunday evening. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get. So we all agree the Falcons are out, it seems like. I think the playoffs are set in the East. Ooh, uh, in the NFC, excuse me. Prince, whoa. Debo's little uh, playoff dance worked out. I do think the one thing that can. Please right. don't say. Please do not say Minnesota. No, no. The one thing that can derail the Eagles is it's on the road against Washington, who they stink. Don't get me wrong. But maybe Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen come back angry at somebody else this time, slow down the Eagles' run game. And I mean, Washington can beat the Eagles. The Eagles are not that good of a team. I thought they could beat the Cowboys, and both times they, they, Cowboys are, Cowboys are a top, a top tier team. The Eagles, we had questions about the Cowboys in recent We were wrong. The Eagles, Spotted Washington ten points when they played, and still won by double digits. I'm not saying that the the Washington should be favored or will definitely win. Well, who, who do you have being the seventh seed at the end of this thing? Then That's I'm just saying I, that I don't. I don't think the issue for the Eagles. I think is that Dallas is going to be competing for the one seed, yeah. and or you know the in the two. I think the two seed matters because Jerry Jones likes home games in the playoffs, and who doesn't? So, Brenton, if the, even if they go one and one and go nine and eight, that means the Vikings or the Falcons or the Saints would have to go two and zero oh just to be in the conversation, right? That's and what I'm have, do you what? think the Vikings, Falcons, or Saints or Saints are going to go two and zero? Oh? I think that's what I'm trying to run, Brenton, is because in my mind, you know, I'd like them to win two games, but I'm very uh, realistic in the fact that they could definitely and, and probably will lose that week 18 game. So I'm running scenarios where they go one and one. And then what happens with these other teams? Green Bay has to beat Minnesota on Sunday night, which I think will happen and, and definitely can happen. New Orleans, despite how bad they looked, we don't know their situation with COVID heading into next week. They can beat the Falcons and Panthers in the final two weeks to finish nine and eight and then cause a three way tie. Well, here's the thing. If they lose to the Falcons, it'll be a one-score game. We know that. So, <laughs> And uh, Philly has a win over New Orleans, but a loss to San Francisco. Well, and New Orleans and Atlanta play each other. So one of those teams is out. The loser of that game's out. So now you're down to Philly. Well, who does Atlanta Minnesota, play? And one of those eight, two teams. Who does Atlanta play in Week 18? Should they win this game next week against the Saints? The Falcons. No, no they play Buffalo this week. Then, then the oh, they're out. Okay. Then they're they're out. Play the, then they All play right. The See, the Falcons are out. Falcons, Falcons are out. The Falcons' best case is... I think the Saints are the only one of those three that has a chance to win out, which is crazy to say after what we watched tonight. Right. So I think Debo, I don't know what Stephen O at Sportsline has, but I would say that the Eagles' chance to make the playoffs feels like around 50% or better. And I, I think just, it's higher. It's got to be higher now. And that's hugely conservative on my part is what I was going to say, because I don't... I mean, these. Well, and teams, I think the 49ers actually the odd one out if it's a three-way tie between the Saints, Eagles, and 49ers. That's correct. So that puts the Eagles. Is that based, in a, on, is that based on conference record? Eagles have a better conference record: six and four versus six and five. First in San Fran. Looking at the chart there. Wait, why would the? Why are the? I, I, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. if San Francisco ends up losing to the Rams in Week 18, I think that's a scenario where uh, you know conference record would come into play, and and Philly and Atlanta, or I'm sorry, New Orleans would would get the edge. Is there a path to the seventh seed 
only having eight wins? Yes, that uh, is correct. If all three, nine and eight, it is New Orleans and Philly. So eight and nine. I well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Like, uh, Well, Atlanta and New Orleans can't lose out both because they play each other. But that'll get one of those teams. Get I don't think. Them. I don't think Atlanta needs to be in. If they beat, let's let's hold off on putting Atlanta in the discussion from a math perspective until they beat Buffalo. I'm ho- okay holding off and putting them on fair. any discussion. I mean, this is see, if they go beat Buffalo, then all of a sudden everything changes. Well, yes, if they go undefeated for the rest of the year, they'll win the Super Bowl. But I don't think that's going to happen. They're not beating Buffalo. Is my point. Well, if they go, if the Eagles don't win anymore, so they go eight and nine, then it, the Buffalo game doesn't matter because. The Falcons and Saints, one of them is going eight and nine because one of them has to win that game. So. But then put, you know, say Washington gets a little frisky, like Brinson said, they beat the Eagles and they have the Giants in week 18 and all of a sudden they're eight and nine. Yeah, because if the Eagles go eight and nine, then that means Washington won a game. Right. They just got to beat the Giants. There's a lot of. I would love their for there to be some high drama, but I feel like Wilson said it at the beginning and it's that this is probably the NFC playoff field, the current seven. All right. Let me, let me give you this, this question. Would you rather you can take, would you rather (laughs) spin the bottle? Okay. You can either have Philadelphia making the playoffs or you can have Miami and Las Vegas making the playoffs. Which team do you want? Miami or Las Vegas making the playoffs and the AFC. As a, uh, it doesn't. I don't really understand the question. That's a Benson nightmare right there. Any of those teams, Raiders, Eagles, and and the Dolphins. I mean, hell, so, either so Miami, we, you, you either get Miami or Vegas in the AFC, or you get Philadelphia. Which one do you feel more comfortable with taking? Like you can get, you have two teams oh, to win the Super Bowl. So if we pick that no, team, no, just to, just to make the playoffs, just to right. just to, in three weeks they'll be the either, okay, okay. So you Eagles. get two I'm taking of the Miami. Eagles. You get you get two teams in the AFC or one team, or you get the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, so do you want Miami or Miami and Vegas, or do you want Philadelphia? I mean, there's probably somebody smarter than me could run the math on that. Like, there's a plus EV move, which is take the two teams. But well, that's that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to get it pretty even. It, it feels like it feels, Eagles. like it feels like Philly's going to get to nine wins, right? I think, and then right. have a chance at a like if if so if Green Bay wins, and this is where it's sort of so if Green Bay beats the Vikings, they're thirteen and three. Let's say the Cowboys beat the Cardinals. They're at 12 and four. The Eagles beat Washington. They're at nine and seven. At that point, Minnesota's done because they lost to they lost to the, the uh, Packers. And it's pretty likely that Dallas is yanking their starters at halftime of the Eagles Cowboys game in week 18. If Green Bay is capable of having a you know double digit lead against the Lions. And you know how the NFL avoids that by having them play in different time slots. But the Cowboys at one and the Packers at four entirely possible They're but what about that that second round divisional round home field advantage that that could still be in play for dallas right yeah i mean i think i mean dallas is if dallas will want the two seed for sure right. so i think debo's point is that they may not rest people yeah I, I i don't think we can definitively say at at this point who will do like i think tampa bay for instance will be perfectly content keeping Mike Evans off the field the rest of the year to ensure that he is as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. They don't have Chris Godwin. I don't think they'll play Gronk. They have O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. Also, well, I, it, the thing about getting the second home game, though, is I think aren't don't the second and third seed, they're both guaranteed a divisional round home game if they win their game, obviously, in the wild card round. No, because the Packers would have a home game and then... The second seed would have a home game. Well, right. The Packers home game. Oh, yeah, because only two. Duh. Only so, two. Yeah. Right, four right, teams right. would be so the, last, only the two so. seed is guaranteed two home games as long as they so, win. So, yeah, the second, yeah, the second, second seed does matter. Especially quickly, just quickly. Because yeah. Bre- Breach interrupted me as I was making a point about the Tampa Bay injuries you were talking about. Shaq Baird has a MCL ACL strain. A strain is a tear, so he's torn his ACL. So I don't know how he's coming back in a few weeks. That's what they keep saying. So that's just something else to, to look out for. He if if he comes back with a partially torn ACL, I don't know is he, if he's going to be as effective. So just something else to keep in mind when we're talking about these all these injuries on these Buccaneers. Uh, what does Mike Evans have? A hamstring? Yeah. Or is it COVID? And now he had a hamstring. I mean, one could argue that this is a very good time to get put on the COVID list if you're Mike Evans and likely missing the game anyway. I, I just think yeah. with Tampa Bay, they will be they are locked into the four seed at worst. It's a they. 
they're going to see how week 17 plays out and then sort of make a decision. They have the Jets and the Panthers. They're probably going to win both games anyway. Who's that? There's no, there's no real need to – you Tampa. don't need to get Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski 100% of the snaps in those games because, you know, if the Rams went out and Dallas wins out, you're in the same spot anyway, even if you win both games. I would just be surprised if they pushed the limits on the regular season, having just won the Super Bowl coming from a wild card spot. So they would face... And McVay, we know, will sit everyone if it doesn't mean anything. The great news is, if Tampa Bay, even even if they have the, the roster the Saints have, they play the Cardinals in the first round in Tampa Bay. So, you know, that feels... Bruce that's Arians' revenge game. <laughs> that's a team you probably want to face if you're Tampa Bay shorthanded or whatever. Sure. Um, okay. So do we want to talk about the game? There was a game. It, it, it was, uh, I think, what was it? The second throw of the night for Ian book was a pick six. Yes. Hey, it was a touchdown. At least it wasn't his first one. And you know what? He only threw one incomplete pass in the first half, five completions to his players, one pick six and one incompletion. Not bad. Uh, I mean, Miami won the game 20 to three. I thought I, I, Ian book was obviously terrible. 12 to 20, 135. T- uh, he got sacked eight times. The poor kid was running for his life. Yeah. 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 He was, <laughs> I have it, no idea if he's good or not. It's not, has, you cannot discern anything about him from that game without his starting two tackles. Brian floor has sent the heat after him. He didn't get any calls. He got a helmet to helmet hit. It wasn't. People were angry ball. that on fourth down he ran out of bounds and didn't throw it away. And then the next time he threw it away it was an interception. So what? That's what you then get. People, then people were mad about that too. Like oh, another pick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, What do you want the kid to do? Yeah. I thought Tua actually, other than that, the overthrow interception, he's getting better. Now again, you can say he was playing a team that was decimated by injuries, not nearly as much as the offense in New Orleans. He's getting better, and you know we weren't, myself included, or myself primarily, wasn't. Big on Tua last year when they kept benching Ryan Fitzpatrick because it didn't make any sense to me. But he's he's played better this year. Jalen Waddle, as you guys mentioned the other day, deserves to be in the rookie of the year conversation, offensive rookie of the year. He's uh, going to shatter Anquan Bolden's rookie uh, rookie reception number. Have I know he, he what did he do? Tied he it or something? At seven. He was at ninety three, so I think he's at ninety six now. And Bolden uh, is either one hundred one or one hundred three. And Waddle has two games left, and he'll get it in fewer than eight seventeen games, which is that way people. Can it it is weird. I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm not. This is not a complaint. It's just interesting how they use Jalen Waddle. It's very different than how Alabama used him. He's sort of an underneath lower a dot guy with uh, seven yards per target or something like that in this game. He's he's awesome. He's dynamic. I love Jalen Waddle. And he's going to go down in history as probably one of the best uh, rookie receivers ever. Oh, man. Oh, man. We got to bet that. Sprinkle it. I'm I'm literally looking at it right now to sprinkle. 70. All right. So sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, Debo just tossed up 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year Award odds on Caesars. Mac Jones still minus 475. $10 bet wins 1,000 on the odds on. What is it? Well, hold on. on Jamar, Jamar Chase no. three and a half to one, and Jalen Waddle seventy-five to one. Look, Mac Jones is probably winning, but if the Patriots miss the playoffs, which is we just detailed is possible, not likely, but possible. Then I don't think Mac Jones will win it. Yeah, I don't know. What's his name? Just number one last year. Yeah, but like if Mac limps to the close and the Pats miss the playoffs, I think people will dock him for that. Waddle at 75 to 1 is at least worth $10. Yeah. Throw, throw an expensive cheeseburger on it. I mean, pay yeah. some money, as the kids say. I'll tell you what, give me $10. I'll give you uh, 85 to 1 odds. Really? On Jalen Waddle. Yeah. All right. Done deal. I might do it. I'm in. I'm in on that. Okay. I mean, if he sets this record and he's going to. You have to at least put him in the conversation. And so it's crazy. I don't think anybody thought Mac Jones was so far ahead of everyone two weeks ago. I don't think anyone thought he was going to crater like he has. And now they've lost two in a row. If they just go one and one and close losing three out of four, they still make the playoffs. That still uh, opens the door, I think, for Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. Yep. Oh, you just uh, want to say Jamar Chase. I see. Uh, but also, I mean, the Dolphins play the Patriots in Week 18, if, if Jalen Waddle's a huge game against the Patriots defense. And Max Jones throws like two picks. Yeah. Uh, 
And, and Molly P asking the questions, when is the voting? The Yeah, that's uh, a good question. It's only it is I think it was due like 24 or 48 hours after the conclusion of the regular season. So playoff games are not games included in consideration. Not, correct. That's why and, you oftentimes see an MVP who could struggle in the playoffs. Be like, how could he win MVP? It's like, well, incredible regular season. Also, why MVPs don't win the Super Bowl usually. We have not seen an MVP win the Super Bowl since 1999. Kurt Hasn't ha- happened once this century. And then after the vote, everything is announced at NFL Honors, which is the Thursday before the Super Bowl. Right, I have Mac Jones preseason to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. We were doing this podcast when it was announced that Cam Newton was cut, I think. or And I, I just threw some on Mac at like 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. I can't remember. Definitely if, I, if I have that, I am hedging a little bit out with uh, Jamar Chase. I'd like like five to one, but three and a half to one will work. I'm definitely throwing a little bit on Jalen Waddle because you can, you know, for ten dollars you can easily cover your hedge. For twenty five, you can set yourself up where it's a big payday either way. I don't think Jamar Chase will steal. I think Mac Jones will probably still win, but if he poops his pants down the stretch and. Jalen Waddle breaks the, the, the problem. Record. The problem with begging against Mac Jones, and again, those numbers are worth enough to sprinkle on either Jamar Chase or, or Jalen Waddle. But the problem is that New England plays Jacksonville, and you have like that's a classic bounce back game where Mac Jones throws three touchdowns and the Patriots win by 17, and then we're back saying, Oh, there's no way he can blow it now. Yeah, but who knows? But I mean, if he, if for some reason the Patriots stumble and Mac looks like crap against the Jaguars, all of a sudden those odds shift. Right. That's why you're hedging now. I wouldn't take Chase. I don't think I would take Chase now. I think I would take Waddle now. Just so, um, we were showing this tweet to each other, and CBS Sports HQ tweeted out: Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost 24 consecutive starts. The last to win, of course, is our guy Brady Quinn against the Panthers in 2012. Who? So Ian Book. Who are the other quarterbacks between Brady and Ian Book that have been so terrible from Notre Dame? Jimmy Clausen. Well, he was before. Oh, he was before. He was he's, before. well. He's drafted in 2010. Then Cam came 2011. But he was Kaiser. Oh, Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser. Yeah. But I mean, Jerry's Jackson. Is that? I mean, how long, how long did he played in the league? Golson never got starts in the NFL, did he? I don't think so. I'm just trying to figure out who these 24 quarterbacks are. 24? Maybe it is a, 24 consecutive starts. Couple for five yeah. quarterbacks. So it could have been. It was 2012, so it could have been a couple of Brady starts, Deshaun Kaiser starts. I don't think that Clausen played too much. He didn't play after 2011 because that's when they brought Cam in, and he just – I mean, Kaiser probably had double-digit starts. So yeah, for mostly, sure. They gave him like a, basically a whole, half a rookie season, right? So it's mostly, Clausen had a bunch with Buffalo – with uh, not Buffalo, with uh, Chicago. Remember the the, the 42-punt game against uh, Seattle? No. Kaiser 0-15. Oh, there. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, it's like it's – like that's, that's definitely the big one. It's like – Four Brady Quinn starts, 15 Deshaun Kaiser starts, which gets us to, and then five Jimmy Clausen starts. So that's it, just three guys. Yeah, it's kind of a misleading statistic. By yeah. Jeez. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser never had a chance. He went to the 2017 Browns team. It's like old Brady Quinn plus Jimmy Clausen plus Deshaun Kaiser. So, yeah, Clausen, he played in 2010, didn't play again until 2014. 2014 and 2015, he was 0-4. So and I think, I, the fact that I threw out Jarius Jackson, I don't even know if he's included in this streak, but his career record was 0-1. There you go. Had to get that there you in go. there. There you go. Jarius Jackson played before Brady Quinn. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, I guess he could have started in the NFL after Brady, but that would be surprising. So really things just kind of fell apart after uh, Joe Montana left Notre Dame in the quarterback department. And as Kevin Clark, uh, our pal, friend of the program, Kevin Clark of the Ringer pointed out, when Brady Quinn beat the Panthers in week, 13 of the 2012 season, Jimmy Clausen was technically on the roster, but Cam Newton was the starter. I think he was on, right? He might not have been on that roster, actually. 2012? Yeah, I don't know if it was by then. He might have cut it just because he was... Let me look real quick. He doesn't have any stats from that year. Yeah, he was on the Panthers. Then. That's never good. It's just really crazy that Notre Dame hasn't produced uh, any, I guess, great QB since Montana, but it's really, if you look around the big schools, what are you looking at me for? 
just slapping Brady Quinn in the face. I mean, Brady Quinn's a great guy. I don't think anyone's calling him an NFL Hall of Famer. First round pick? Well, no, not an NFL Hall of Famer. No, that's what I mean. I'm talking about like, uh, but where I was going to go with that is that you don't see, for whatever reason, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, we're looking at two and Mac Jones this year. We don't know if they're going to have great careers, but Alabama hasn't produced many great quarterbacks over the past 20 or 30 years. Ohio State hasn't produced many great NFL quarterbacks over the past 20, 30 years. So I think it's weird that these great college teams have in the, the quarterback State has more NFL quarterbacks than Notre Dame. Uh, Miami of Ohio. Has oh, more. Oh, oh, up high, down hard. Sorry. So the quarterback success in college at these big schools hasn't translated to NFL success. I mean, it's a talent level thing where you're playing with much better. Like, you're playing with much better people who get inferior competition and you can just spread it out more. Doesn't seem to be impacting Joe Burrow. There it is. Yes. That's why Joe Burrow went to Ohio right State and got, he couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. Oh, oh, oh. I care what he did in college. He's in the NFL now and he's nine and six in first place in the AFC North Princeton. And about to lose out and miss the playoffs. Oh it's my God. Why would you say that? We have, that root, we have to root against the bank, like root against Joe Burrow just for like, like Wilson just purposes. on this podcast to will things into existence. Anti bangle. It's sickening. Hey, my last name's not Wilson for nothing. <laughs> um, all right. Dun, 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 dun. Anything else from that? Well, we, you know, we didn't talk about Miami in that game. That's unfair. So let's, really- I just say, I, I we talked about Jalen Waddle. I talked about Tua continues to improve. Let me guys ask you this based on the way Tua's played this year and he seems to be getting better. Uh, at least incrementally each and every week. If you're Brian Flores, if you're Chris Greer, if you're Stephen Ross, how serious are you floating around the idea of Deshaun Watson in the offseason? I would. I think that a as good as Deshaun Watson is, the cost of acquiring him, and I said this about the Panthers too, like the Panthers went out and get Deshaun Watson and you give up three first-round picks or you know a first-round pick and two players, I'm just not sure that you're, t- you're a playoff team. Even with him there. By the way, the Dolphins' offensive line sucks. So you're going to bring Deshaun Watson in and just have him pretend he's playing for the Texans, running for his life. Well, and now the Dolphins' coaches might be like, well, Tua got us to to this many wins. And like Brinson's saying, it's a lot to give away to get him. And they might even be saying, hey, you know what? The combination of Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor won as many games this year as Deshaun Watson did last year. So there's just all these... And he's not walking into, like you guys just said, with the Dolphins offensive line. It's not like he's going to have a ton of protection. So it's going to be uh, – I just don't know how many games the, the the Dolphins are going to win with Watson. That's not to say he's not an upgrade over Tua. That's just the way this team is designed. You know, maybe he's worth one more win, two more wins than they have right now. All right, here's – let's put it another way. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson and the same cast of characters, or would you rather have Tua – Maybe another or two offensive linemen or whatever else you need to sort of bolster that team going into the next year. And I well, think that, I would rather upgrade the offensive line and continue to see if Tua gets better. Yeah, and that's the problem is that Tua does seem like he's progressing. He he looks better every single week. And so do you want to just throw him to the curb when it takes all of that compensation to acquire Deshaun Watson? And, man, I mean, it's a tough decision. It is a very tough decision the front office is going to have to make. I wouldn't want to have to make it. Let me ask you this, because this is a what was the question. Would you rather have, I mean, would you rather have uh, Tua and a couple more offensive linemen or in a couple other positions filled through draft or free agency? Or would you rather just have Deshaun Watson? I mean, I think, look, you tank for Tua. You put it, you went all in on Tua. He's only been there two years. And my biggest concern with Tua is the arm strength. I think it's possible that develops back or his arm strength looks a little better. All right. I'll ask this question because this is something that we, we're talking about all last, and especially me, last draft season. We'll just pick middle of the road team. The Denver Broncos is our go-to next year. If you're, if you had to have one starter, Tua Tagovailoa or McCorkle Jones on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, just I'm picking my replacement level team. For those asking, my dog was scratching at the door to get out of my office. I had to run down there and let him out. Not surprised. Uh, yeah, George. He's basically the McCorkle Jones of of the dog family here. Um, I. I think just in what I, I would go Mac Jones because I want the floor. Yeah. Breach. Uh, my options are Tua or Mac Jones in the Broncos offense. Your option yeah. is either say Tua and don't believe it or get crucified by Tua Non is your choice. <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't know. 
I just don't know how Mac Jones is going to look in a non-robotic. Uh, Mac Jones landed in the perfect spot for Mac Jones. If you throw him in the Broncos offense, I don't know how he's going to look. I do. It's called Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would probably go to a. Yeah, Mac Jones wouldn't be very good with the Dolphins offense either. Like credit, yeah. I mean, credit to them for figuring out a way to make Tua work where you get the ball out quickly. Again, they use Jalen Waddle differently than they, you know, than we expected him to be used. But they have to because their offensive line is not very good. They get the ball out quickly. They get it in Jalen Waddle's hands. Let him make plays. He's awesome. And of course, next week I could flip flop on the the Tua conversation because everything in the NFL changes week to week this season. Except the Dolphins because they win every week. Wilson except the, the Dolphins. The, we I always talk about how the Panthers accelerated their timeline to go get a quarterback because of the market that was available to them. The same sort of thing happened to the Dolphins where. They accelerated their Tua timeline to the point where it's at various points in the offseason and during this season, everybody wanted to get rid of it. It's over. It's done. Tua's career is, is finished. The Tua's been I, I for think, 18 months. I think that's Brian Flores' fault for pushing him out there. I don't think anything would have changed in terms of the Tua's development if he hadn't been thrown out there a couple times. They kept pulling him out of the game in the end. I don't know if that makes him feel better about his in terms of his confidence and they would have made the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm pretty sure. So I like Brian Flores a lot. I disagree with the decision to, to keep jerking to and Ryan Fitzpatrick around in terms of who was playing. Um, but he is taking the most of, of his opportunities this year. So, you know, credit to him. There, there is no reason for Miami to move on from Tua this off season at the expense of multiple first round draft picks and or high level players. I agree. You have a guy who has wanted a high level in college and who had wasn't, you know, was the has been the center of attention in terms of not like controversy, but just, you know, oh, like should he start? Should we ditch him for Deshaun, et cetera, et cetera? Like, give the guy time. The, the the path to being a good quarterback is not the same for everyone. If Justin Herbert was just if if the Chargers doctor hadn't stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the wrong spot, we might not even know that Justin Herbert's as good as he is. By and the way, Debo ease things on Tua. Debo said in the chat he's taking the other Bama QB. Oh, Jalen Hurts. The one that had a transfer to Oklahoma. No. He wasn't part of our hypothetical. Uh, just, Russell I mean, it, you spent a year chasing down Tua Tungavaloa. You got him surprisingly in the draft, despite winning more games than you thought you would. You played him a bunch, but not quite enough. You won ten games. You just missed the playoffs. You sucked for a little bit, and now you're back to eight and seven. Trust the process, I guess, is 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 the the mantra here. And that if you thought Tua was the guy 18 months ago or 24 months ago, you shouldn't abandon that hope now. Build up the offensive line. It's sort of like the like that offensive line could just magically click next year. They have a lot of talent on there. It's just young talent, and it hasn't produced yet. No, they need to keep drafting offensive linemen. Credit them for drafting as many offensive linemen as they have in the first two rounds, but you got to keep doing it because sure. But I, I'm just saying that, like, if if that all it, the Dolphins are in a good spot now, where we're done talking about is Brian Flores going to get fired? He, I think he was 60, 60 to one to win Coach of the Year. If the Dolphins now or before the season, right now. Oh yeah, that's a good bet. Right? If you feel have some confidence in them making the playoffs, it's a really good bet. If, if the Dolphins make the playoffs, and the Patriots, oh boy, that's gonna be expensive for me. Yeah. If the Patriots don't make the playoffs, Bill Belichick definitely won't win. At least maybe Zach Taylor could steal it. Zach Taylor. You keep that ticket, Brinson. Don't lose it. He'll be the first coach to win coach of the year and get fired two weeks later. <laughs> um, well, I think your only chance of Zach Taylor ticket winning is if they beat the Chiefs on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, even if they make the playoffs, they'll be in the conversation. But if you throw in a Chiefs win, that's when you get to the top of the conversation. I don't, is Belichick, do we have odds? Of, is Belichick the favorite now? I think LaFleur is the favorite. Really? I don't, does Belichick ever win it? Because they they're always good. Well, his expectations are so every year. So this feels like the year where he could win it. But I think, you know, I don't I don't know if ten was he probably won his last two games. Before winning it, Mike McCarthy, comeback player, coach of the year, and coach of the year. There's not a comeback award, but that would be funny. <laughs> I don't think Lafleur wins it if Rodgers is MVP. Well, Mike McCarthy, I think that's that's a pretty compelling story. What about Mike Vrabel? He lost his top player. Uh, the team is just so boring. <laughs> it's just so hard to keep behind. Oh, right. I, uh, it, it's always no, but you got to remember, like, very rarely is it a team that has a win total of nine or higher that actually the coach wins the award. 
or the teams are favored to win the division. Well, Stefanski no, won it's, last year. It's, it's usually a surprise team that gets the playoffs. Right, but the Browns weren't like a... No, I call Stefanski. He was my guy. I mean, it was it, it the, they hadn't been there in so long that that. What about that Nick Sirianni then? If you're going with the the Brinson method, people have to eat his words. Nagy in 2018, Sean McVay his first year on the job in 2017, taking the playoffs, one coach of the year. So Harbaugh, has, Harbaugh with uh, the Lamar season when it looked like he was gonna get fired and flipped it around. I mean, it's that sort of stuff. Right. So it, it who does it feel like I, the Sirianni thing doesn't seem crazy, but I think they'd have to win at least ten games. I'd give it to Urban Meyer. They did beat the Bills. I, I think Belichick, Zach Taylor. What about uh, Frank Reich? I just, I just don't buy that LaFleur is yeah. going to get if Rodgers wins MVP. I don't think you can give it to Frank Reich unless if, if the Titans win that division because why wouldn't you vote for Mike Vrabel? Yeah, I, I just told you why. He lost his best player and he saw the team in a spot to. It, Ryan's argument is that team's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Garrett won in 2016. What a world. I mean, Matt Nagy won in 2018. I mean, it, it, look at look at this list. It is new coaches who won a division and exceeded expectations, and or coaches who overcame uh, a significant amount of hardship or difficulty. Whether off, you know, whether it's an off field thing, Arians with the Colts when uh, Pagano got got cancer or leukemia, and then Harbaugh when on field when he you know he had to go to Lamar because it just wasn't working, and they still you know. Role. Oh, no, I guess Lamar, that was actually 2019 was when he unleashed MVP Lamar. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and the Browns finished in the third in third place last year. Yeah. But yep. that was such a but made the playoffs. Such right, a right, right, right. I mean, it's such a it's finally they they turned it was a post Freddy Kitchen. Every miracle. single one of those teams is a playoff team. And Brent's in two cases here, 2015, 2019, where MVP matches up with Coach of the Year mm. winner. Yep, Ooh, Cam so and Lamar, well, and, and and with both of those, the neither team was the favorite to win the division. I don't believe in 2015 it would have been the Saints, and 2019 would have been the Steelers, and and both teams in those cases vastly exceeded their win total expectation. What about Sean McDermott if the Bills went out, win the uh, win the division because they were they were down, they were the seventh seed for a while. They would have been out of the playoffs had the. Bengals not lost that one week, a couple weeks. So had the Steelers not tied the Lions, they would have been out of the playoffs for a couple weeks. I, I think that their their win total was too high for it to happen, but I don't hate the idea. I thought he should have. I thought Sean McDermott should have deserved love the last three years, but didn't. All right, you have to. Give and me I a will name. say over over the past ten years, so since two thousand eleven, uh, the coach of the year has won at least eleven games in each season. All right, Brenton, give me a name. Well, I mean, give me a lot of no's. I want to hear a yes. I mean, I told you Belichick, Zach Taylor, or I don't think Belichick's. Okay. King, I mean, look, Kingsbury was minus five hundred or something like that two, two or three weeks ago, and now he's just not even in the discussion. Nor should he be out. Uh, yeah, Belichick wasn't on the list. We saw the Diva just put up from the last ten years or whatever. So I don't think he's one of that. Zach Taylor, how do you feel about that breach? I, I told you, I think if they win out, if they beat the Chiefs and finish eleven and six, I think he's one of the top three candidates. If the Bengals win eleven games, Zach, I mean, with with our boy Colin Bear is getting a parade in downtown uh, with a win over the Chiefs, and that's that's the key here. So I I I think Zach Taylor goes from a top three or four favorite to the favorite if they finish. No, no, he goes from a top three or four favorite to get fired three (laughs) months ago to the favorite to win Coach of the Year if they get. At eleven and six, I think Zach Taylor has a great shot to win it. He's the favorite. The Bengals win eleven games. Zach Taylor's winning that award, right? He's so that's you spring. It's basically, do you think the Bengals can beat the Chiefs this weekend? Because if you do, that's where you put the Zach Taylor money down. I, but back to Even, the original point, I don't think it's crazy that if the Dolphins went out and go uh, ten and seven, and obviously they won the division, because they technically could, but geez, Louise, that would be nuts. Um, if, if they win the division, Brian Flores is getting it. But Brian Flores at sixty to one is not a crazy bet. Because you t- that, that's the exact sort of narrative that voters would love to give credit for. You're, you're a hyped-up team, then you go 1-7, then you rip off, you know, nine straight wins, or ten, yeah, nine straight wins, you finish 10-7, and seven, and all of a sudden, you close out the season with nine straight wins, you are getting some Coach of the Year love. And, uh, Wilson, you were talking about Belichick not on that list. He actually was the first name off the list that Debo was showing. He won it in 2010. 
uh, and he's won it three times. 2007, he went undefeated. You have undefeated to. year. Yep, did not yeah. even get to the Super Bowl in 2010. Uh, but obviously, they coach they vote based on regular season, and they also won it in 2003. Yep, that's right. Oh my God, Dick Duran won it in 2001. How about that? Amazing. Got two Bears coaches on this list. Marvin Lewis won it in 09. Marvin Lewis, and then they got stomped in the playoffs. So maybe I don't want Zach Taylor to win it. All right, don't vote for Zach Taylor. Anti campaign. Three Bears coaches because Nagy won it above. Oh, three. Breach, we'll get out on this. Someone asked, I don't know where, the comments, Twitter, somewhere. Better coach, Zach Taylor, Marvin Lewis. That's, That's so easy. Oh! I thought it was just no was the answer. <laughs> no, that was Breach knows the answer to this question. I don't even know why he's stammering. Look, Marvin turned the team around. All right, we're not doing this for another minute and a half. It's time to end the podcast. We're not doing this for longer than an hour. Thank you all for watching. I'll Thank answer another podcast. You can hear Breach's, you hear Breach's answer on a separate Bengals-only podcast. <laughs> all things Bengals. Per pause. John Breach. Thanks for watching. See you guys later. Bye.